I'll say, bless the Lord. If you'll say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Good evening, I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here. I'm the chief sinner um, who needs grace more than you do. So that's why I'm talking. Um, if you're new with us, welcome, relax. I know some of you um, have probably been burnt or wounded or skeptical of institutional church. I'm so delighted you decided to walk through these doors and I pray already you've begun to experience the peace that God wants to offer you. Um, if you're a church brat and you've been in church since you've been in diapers, I pray tonight that you'll hang up your religious resume and stop trying to impress God with your good works because what he's after is your heart. Um, and I just pray that there will be a sense of freedom and reconciliation um, and liberation in our time together and in God's word. So Kairos are honest and unique attempt to connect to God and each other. We wanna bring the whole gospel to the whole person and we believe that scripture is the best way to do that. So we're gonna be in Luke chapter four, reading one of our favorite texts for the past 9,000 weeks. If you haven't been with us before, we're in the middle of a series called Fault Lines. Check it out online if you wanna catch up. I'll review a little bit for us, but the basic premise is this. I want us to look at our favorite sin and temptation because that's the primary place that Satan wants to sabotage God's destiny for you. Thank you, Ryan Moore. Um, so we're gonna relieve the temptations of Jesus and see how those are the temptations of all humanity and how we can fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. C.S. Lewis said this, why must all the holy places be dark places? Welcome to the darkness in the desert that is also holy. Would you pray with me before we read God's word? Help our spirits to settle. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Not only in the ways that we have so easily succumbed to sin and temptation, but also to see the deepest desires of the human heart that you've deposited there and that you long to fulfill. Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? And together we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Yeah, this is going to help. Don't sweat the readers. <laughs> I can't see that far. It's okay, Marty. <laughs> Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. You can want to underline that just in case we'll come back to that. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hangry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, man does not live by bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor for it's been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil took him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple and said, if 
You are the Son of God, he said. Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift up you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Feel free to underline that. I'll say the word of the Lord. If you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. So by way of review, or this may be new. That's just rhymed, man. I should be a songwriter. We looked at the three temptations of Jesus that we believe him as the new Adam is being tempted in the way that all of humanity has been tempted since the beginning of time. With their appetite, turn these stones into bread. With ambition, which is, hey, get all these kingdoms without the cross. And with approval which is, hey, throw yourself down from this temple and everyone will know who you really are and you don't have to risk rejection from any of them. If appetite, why does that look funny? Because there's not an eye. <laughs> uh, we've been asking you guys, hey, what's your primary fault line? And you need to discover that because below that fault line, your favorite sin and temptation is the deposits of God's richest glory. Is probably your gift to the kingdom of God and one of the things that he knit you together in your mother's room to experience him and to offer his kingdom. So he's given us the desire for appetite, ambition, and approval. Satan's just trying to hijack it. So we looked at that in the garden, how he gave that to humanity and how um, we're constantly tempted to let that um, sabotage us. So appetite, we talked about the core emotion that goes along with appetite is fear. And the lie that you're prone to believe is I will never have enough. The core emotions surrounding that are about needs and satisfaction. In our society, this represents itself collectively as consumerism, where we want the wow. By the way, I was filling up my uh, gas tank today, and some dude pulled up on a sweet, nice Harley or whatever, and I'm filling up, and I'm kind of looking at it, and the guy next to me walks over and goes, wow, that's a nice bike. And I'm like, appetite, consumerism, come to Kairos, I can help you out with that. <laughs> but it is a nice bike, honestly. Um, <laughs> this is... If this is your primary fault line, here's the deal. You're always gonna want more. You have a deep desire and longing to find satisfaction for your hunger and the things that you're thirsting after. And the spirit, by the grace of God, will whip you in to the wildness of the wilderness and to the cross to lay down your fear. He's gonna take you to this place. And by the way, when he does this, I know it's not fun, but it is fundamental. It is a gift. 
He's gonna give you the gift of going into the darkness of the desert where you confront the lie, I will never have enough. And then he's gonna take you to the cross and the lie will become a truth. You're right. You will never have enough. But because of Jesus, you will always be more than enough in his eyes. And because of Second Peter, he says this, you have everything you need to live a life of godliness. You'll have to confront face-to-face consumerism and consumption that says you can never get enough food, enough drink, enough lovers, enough porn, enough accolades, enough degrees. You just need to continue to feast and devour those things. But somehow, it's never gonna be enough because it's trying to fill a void that only God can fill. And he will give you the gift of going into the darkness of the desert and you will find an incredible grace in the fact that he is gonna allow your needs to go unmet in your ways and in your timing and in your power so that you can discover a satisfaction that only comes by the grace and goodness of Jesus Christ. And then and only then will you taste and see that the Lord is truly good. If ambition is yours, the core lie that you will struggle with is I will never accomplish enough. Core emotion around that is guilt because after all, it's never enough, so I should obviously have to do more. Core emotions that surround that are weakness and strength. And this manifests itself in our society and our obsession with competition or we want the win. If this is yours, you have a deep desire for a strength that is inexhaustible to continue to prove that you can outwork, outhustle, and outachieve everyone else. And the Spirit is gonna whip you into the wildness of the wilderness and straight to the cross where finally you can lay down that thousand pound weight that rests on each shoulder, that you feel so guilty that I'm not doing or accomplishing enough. He's gonna get you to a place right at the feet of the cross. First, he's gonna let you confront the lie that you will never accomplish enough. And then when you get to the cross, that lie is gonna become a truth. And you're gonna have to stare it in the eyes. And it's actually true. You will never accomplish enough. But thanks be to God, in the gospel and in Christ, he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it about until completion, or he will accomplish it. You may not see it in your lifetime, and that's okay, because now you're part of a bigger, grander story, and your ambition has been changed so that people just don't look at you and go, oh my goodness, look at him win. You wanna make sure you give your life so that others win and get across the finish line. And you'll have to stare straight into the shameful and dark chapters in your life where somehow competition, that lie that you'll never accomplish enough began to take root. And ask myself, who told me that I wasn't worthy of love unless I was winning or perfect or pretty 
or having straight A's or always getting the job or always advancing the fastest or always having a home or a family or children that look better than everybody else. And this too will be a gift because that ambition for all the wrong reasons needs to die. And you will have to learn how to lean into your weakness so that you can discover a strength that only comes through Christ working through your weakness that you spend your entire life trying to hide from others. If it's approval, your core emotion here is shame. The primary lie that you believe is I and will never be enough. Two core emotions around this. I just drew a blank and it's mine and I'm feeling a lot of shame. So I'm, I'm so glad to go before you and make a way. Jesus, help me. This was not at all how I wanted this to go. What is it? Thank you so much. Please don't reject me for forgetting that. Oh, mercy. That's really good, Holy Spirit. You have a sense of humor. Oh, gosh. I know who I am in Christ. I'm okay. Your core issues are rejection and acceptance. And this manifests itself in our society as our fascination with celebrity, which is I only have worth if other people value me in their eyes. Approval is your primary fault line. Like me, welcome, the water's warm. You have a deep desire to try to make yourself look better than you actually are so that you can merit fans and followers and adulation. And the Spirit will whip you into the wildness of the wilderness and the darkness of the desert so that you can finally lay down the shame that you've been carrying since your teenage years. And he's gonna take you to the desert and he's gonna take you to the cross. The desert's the place that you confront the lie. I am not enough. And the cross is the place where that lie becomes the truth. You're right, child. <laughs> you are not enough. That's why I sent my son. Jesus, and he is more than enough for you. So now together with your brothers and sisters, you are more than conquerors. And God is not ashamed to be called your God. And you'll have to fight the temptation and the testing and the pool of celebrity that says, I only have worth and value if people notice me and approve of me. And he's gonna lead you into the darkness of rejection and in the midst of that, you're gonna discover a strength to finally be able to say, God, your acceptance of me means more than other people's rejection of me. And finally, you'll find your true center and you'll feel the shame begin to melt away. So the biggest thing I want to do tonight is that's great. Hopefully you found it, but the whole direction of tonight is going I wanna pray for you guys. I want you to be able to identify your primary fault line. And then if you're ready and willing and you just wanna say, would someone lay hands on me and pray over me for deep healing and satisfaction and releasing in this area? We wanna do that. 
And the reason why I think that's incredibly important because there's something so profound and mysterious that happens in this text that I'm absolutely obsessed with it and I want it to happen in here tonight. And I think God does as well. Again, this is Mike Breen and Dave Rhodes first introduced all this stuff to me and then I heard Mike Breen do this with his text and I thought he had done so many amazing things I didn't think he could do anymore and then he did this and I about fainted. The first line of Luke chapter one is that Jesus goes into the desert full of the spirit. Verse 14, he comes out of the desert in the power of the spirit. Some of us may have the Holy Spirit, but how many of us honestly say on a daily basis, I walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's my deep desire for us as men and women in the Kairos congregation to be people that experience not only the fullness of the Spirit, but the power of the Spirit, especially when it comes to our favorite sin and weakness and temptation. And that's, again, gonna go, you're gonna have to go straight through the desert in order to get the power of the Spirit. And so Mike says this, do you want to know the key of living the Spirit empowered life. You have to be able to hang on to your God-given identity in the face of temptation and testing. That determines the power in which you live. Because Jesus heard his identity. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He's full of the Holy Spirit, goes into the wilderness, and that identity and destiny is attacked. And he resists because he knows who he is in God's eyes. Can we go into the darkness of the desert and the wildness of the wilderness and be tempted and tested with our primary fault lines that have owned us and that we think there's no deliverance from and we think we're always gonna struggle with it and we're always gonna be like this, but somehow we hear this is my beloved child in who I am well pleased and this will not always be so because there's something more deep and dangerous lying underneath it, and that's my God-given desire for appetite, ambition, and approval, and I want to release it in God-given ways for God's given people. That's the power of the Holy Spirit I want us to walk out of this place from, and I don't want us to be afraid to go into the desert and wrestle with God and walk out with a limp, but finally, even though we feel feeble and foolish, we're walking in the power of the Spirit. And things are happening that we can't explain. And for some reason, we're the same person, but we're not the same person. Because we've drilled down and we've discovered the deepest deposits of God's gold in our life. And we've decided to tell Satan, mm -mm, I'm done letting you have that ground. Richard Foster says it's this way. When, Jesus, when the Spirit drives you out into the desert, you don't go out there to meet God you go out there to face the devil. And when you face him, he's gonna tempt you with all this adulation and success because deep down, we all want to be the most important, the prettiest, and the most profound in the room. But when God reminds of you of your identity in the midst of that moment and you see through the lies that he's selling you, somewhere deep in your soul, you shout, no, no. I will not worship you or your ways. I will wait upon the Lord for God's ways for me. 
because I want to taste and see that he's truly good. And I want to delight in the law of the Lord because I want him to give me the desires of my heart, not the surface ones, but the ones I was created for. Amen? So I'm going to have our worship team come up. We'll put that slide on the screen. And they're going to sing a playover song over you. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, which one's mine? And when they're done, we're going to have four prayer stations set up. One right there in that doorway, one by that prayer wall, one by that prayer wall, and one by that doorway. And you walk forward, and if you want someone to lay hands and pray over you so that you can walk in the power of the Spirit, the only thing you have to say is which fault line you need prayer for. Just walk forward, look someone in the eyes, and go, appetite, ambition, approval, all three. (laughs) It don't matter. But I want the Holy Spirit to release something powerful when we confess, repent, and believe, and shout, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And would you do something in me my discipline can't do? I'm no good at being holy. So I need your Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's his job description. And I don't know how dark the desert's gonna be, but if that's where you're leading, I don't want to miss you. And when the Holy Spirit takes things out to die, he always brings resurrection right behind it. That is picking up your cross and following Jesus. It was the way for the Son of God and for the sons and daughters of God. Do we think it should be any different? So let's listen as this is played over us and we pray. And then after that song, I'll instruct us as you're led to find people to pray for you. Jesus, help us to be vulnerable and honest. And Holy Spirit, just do something we can't explain. Increase our faith in the power of prayer. Let us be free and light in your sight. Some of us are so heavy with this right now. I've got friends who are walking through the middle of it. And I just need to know that you're still good. And you are who you say you are. Doesn't have to be pretty or perfect. But oh, Jesus, send your power through your spirit. Amen.